Pastor Xavier Reese on the dangers that accompany compromise. Notice Zephaniah accused the priests of having corrupted the things of God. The priests were not to add, take away, or alter the law in any way. The priests had compromised and corrupted the law by ascribing their pagan worship to the worship of Yahweh's syncretism as we've seen. There's a lot of people in the Christian church doing things and teaching things that they ascribe to the Bible and to Jesus Christ. They're not even close to it. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. In the New Testament Gospel of John, Jesus prayed, They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Unfortunately, this is quite the opposite stance the kingdom of Judah had taken when they chose to be just like the other nations surrounding them. Today, Pastor Xavier shares the consequences that come with a life bent on disobedience. Right now, join him for today's simple truths and a challenging lesson from the minor prophet Zephaniah. Let's listen. Zephaniah chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 1 through 4 in the message entitled, Judgment Could Have Been Averted. Now, God warned over and over again, sending the prophets to both the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, Progressively became more corrupt and so far distant from God, one step at a time. God, through the prophet Zephaniah, declared three reasons for judgment of Judah by addressing the city of Jerusalem here in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. First, the city had an evil reputation. Listen, there's the key, like the other nations. Secondly, the city had a sinful inclination like the other nations. And thirdly, the city had leaders of corruption like the other nations. Her problem was, she was like the other nations. Notice Zephaniah proclaimed what the city of Jerusalem was known for at the present. Listen to his word, who is rebellious and polluted to the oppressing city. The city was rebellious towards God. The word rebellious simply means dubious, cantankerous, and unpredictable against God. A spoiled child, if you will. Wayward child. Jerusalem and her people knew the word of God given to Moses at Sinai through his hand. Jerusalem and her people knew the will of God that was revealed in the word of God. Jerusalem and her people knew what sin did in their relationship towards God. But they had slowly compromised. Till now, they were known for being rebellious towards God. Notice the city was polluted contrary to their call to be holy. Judgment was coming because the city had an evil reputation like the other nations. There's the problem. Secondly, look at verse 2. The city had a sinful inclination like the other nations. The prophet Zephaniah here declared the indictment of the nation being self-willed. Listen to his words. She has not obeyed his voice. She has not received correction. So the nation had become wayward. She has not obeyed his voice. This is constant. 310 years as we noticed in the beginning. The word obey simply means to hear the voice. And the hearing is to understand and to comply with that. See the nation had become 
not only self-will, but incorrigible. Listen to the words. She had not received correction or discipline. Her concept of God had changed. Here's the problem. Her moral standards had also changed. Once you change your God and the standard of your God, your life will follow that change. Her likeness was more like the pagan nations than her God. You see, the people had no longer their dependency on the Lord Yahweh here. They no longer relied on God for their provisions, but upon the pagan gods. Judgment was coming because the city had a sinful inclination like the other nations. We know God revealed to Nebuchadnezzar the nations of the future that were going to come before they even took place in Daniel 2 and Daniel 7 and 2 with the image of that great image. And then chapter 7 as God sees the nations as beasts. The head of gold Babylon was to conquer the arms and uh, shoulders of silver, Medo-Persia. Or, or Medo-Persia was going to conquer Babylon. Babylon was the head of gold. So Babylon would be conquered by Medo-Persia and it happened exactly like that. And then the arms of, of, and shoulders of silver, Medo-Persia, was to be conquered by the belly and the thighs of brass. The Grecian Empire, Alexander the Great. And it happened exactly like that. And then you have the legs of iron that were to conquer the belly and thighs of brass, Greece. And it happened exactly like that. The ultimate and last empire is the ten toes of iron and clay that don't mix together with the head horn, which is the Antichrist, for seven years. Listen to Daniel. He says, Inasmuch as you saw, and he's talking to Nebuchadnezzar, that the stone was cut out, the mountain without hands, that's the virgin birth of Jesus Christ establishing the kingdom, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, and the clay and the silver and the gold, and the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain and the interpretation is sure. So this image was struck by a rock not cut with hands. Virgin birth, Jesus Christ strikes it at the end of the toes, the seven years of, of the great tribulation, and Jesus establishes the kingdom. It grew and grew and established the kingdom. He says it's certain and it's sure. God's word. We look back on history. Exactly. Now, we know that the first coming of Jesus fulfilled the first 69 weeks of Daniel in Daniel 9, 25 through 26. And the prophetic clock has stopped. And there's the church age now. That prophetic clock will begin once again. The men of the church is raptured. And the Antichrist appears. And the way things are looking right now, tell you what, you better be looking up. Anything can happen. During the church age... There have been many nations rise and fall. We ourselves have seen many of these in this last century, the 20th century. World War I was the great war to end all wars. Did it? No, we had World War II. We had Korea, Vietnam, Kuwait, Iraq, Afghanistan, and hundreds of other little wars that have been going on and will continue until the Lord returns. The fall of the old USSR, the Soviet Union, Russia. We remember Reagan, Mr. Gorbachev, Tear down that wall. We were amazed. Our eyes were glued to the TV. That such a thing took place. Communist China through Mao. The Cultural Revolution. And many other things. The slow and steady decline of England. And the whole of 
the European continent. Listen to Jeremiah speaking contemporary of Zephaniah. Jeremiah 13.23 says, Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Question. Rhetorical. Only one answer. Then you may also do good who are accustomed to doing evil. There's a greater possibility for a black man to change his skin to white and a leopard its spots to stripes than for you and I to do good on our own. It's quite a statement. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doing, Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. We see the um, entire world becoming more decadent and characterized by lies passed off as truth. Now, this again has not happened overnight. Step by step, these are accepted and no one says nothing. Every Christian should be able to see the indoctrination that is going on that will lead up to the ultimate lie of the Antichrist. For the world to accept the Antichrist, there has to be a lot of little lies towards the big lie. In fact, the article, The Lie. Listen to 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12. It says, The coming of the lawless one, Paul says, is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who do not believe the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. This is where the world is going. We're not doomsday prophets. We're not negative. We're just telling you what's going to happen. Jesus is coming. The world is headed towards Armageddon. If Jesus didn't come back, the world would destroy itself. Jesus intervenes. Judgment was coming because the city had a sinful inclination like the other nations. Notice thirdly, verse 3 and 4. The city had leaders for, of corruption like the other nations. In verse 3, the prophet Zephaniah declared the vicious character of the rulers in the city of Jerusalem. He accuses the princes to be lions. Her princes in her midst are roaring lions. The word princes indicates the ruling officials, those of the royal family as well as those in the civil order under the royal family. Both are included and both are in the midst exercising their evil authority and influence. The imagery is not a simile which is introduced always by one of two words, like or as. He didn't say like a lion, as a lion. He calls them lions. This is a metaphor communicating several things. Those in power were abusing their authority for their own benefit and enrichment, being self-serving at the expense of the people. Those in power had no compassion over the people, their own brethren. Aren't you glad you're a citizen of heaven? Aren't you glad you're just passing through? If you lose sight of that, and you start thinking this is your home, you're going to be bombed. Those in power were destructive 
without any sense of conscience or conviction. In fact, boasting and gloating, indicated by the word roaring. This is when a lion has captured and destroyed its prey. Loves it. Notice Zephaniah accused the judges next of being wolves. Her judges are evening wolves that leave not a bone till morning. The judges were the men who were to hear legal matters and bring forth righteous judgment and verdicts for the people. The law said judges were not to respect a person's face or person, and they were not to take a bribe. In fact, Deuteronomy 16, 19 says, You shall not pervert justice, you shall not show partiality, nor take a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eye of the wise and twists the words of the righteous. The imagery, again, is not a simile, but a metaphor, evening wolves, indicating, again, several things. These judges sought out their prey by misusing and manipulating the law against the weak and the vulnerable. These judges, just as evening wolves, were relentless, having little time to accomplish their evil deeds to destroy a person. It's evening, not much sunlight left. Got to get to it, get it done. These judges were greedy, heartless, and without mercy, leaving not even a bone till the morning. Notice in verse 4, the prophet Zephaniah now declares the vile character of the spiritual men of the city of Jerusalem. He finishes with them. This is the most important, the vertical. Those men who stand behind the pulpit, those men who are teaching and preaching the word of God, and the people who are listening and living it out or not. This is what affects a nation, the vertical. Notice Zephaniah accused the prophets of being false people. Her prophets are insolent, treacherous people. Prophets were men who were supposed to be humble, looking to the Lord, but instead they were proud. These prophets were false, speaking their own will and words. Insolent, meaning wanton and reckless. There are men who stand behind pulpits declaring their prophets and they're declaring, thus saith the Lord, and people believe and they go do what they've said and it's totally off the wall. And they merchandise the people of God. God helped them. They were to deliver the message of God to the people. What is it? Repentance. To return to God. These prophets say, no, we're okay. We're not going to Babylon. Don't, worry. Don't, don't, don't listen to Jeremiah. Don't listen to Stephanie. Don't, don't listen to these guys. You had the same false prophets over in Babylon with Ezekiel. They went back and forth. They, the guys in Babylon say, shut Jeremiah's mouth. And, and, and in Jerusalem, they were telling uh, his, the false prophets in Babylon, hey, tell Ezekiel, shut up. It was back and forth. Notice the prophets were treacherous, meaning they could not be trusted. They betrayed those who confided in them. They betrayed people for money, for their own personal benefit, as we've seen in the epistle. And they were people out for themselves, untrustworthy, having no integrity. This marks the character of the nation at this point. What a parallel to our nation. Notice Zephaniah accused her priest of having corrupted the things of God. Her priests have polluted the sanctuary. They have done violence to the law. 
The word polluted simply means to defile the sanctuary of God, the temple, the house of God. After the pattern given to David for the use of God, they were just prostituting it. Their very lifestyles alienated them from God and having access to Him. Being an affront to God, their sins had defiled the sanctuary, treating it as a common thing. It would be like one of you young ladies having your great-grandmother give you this china set that had been passed on to her for four generations. And you invite her over for Thanksgiving and she looks over to the corner and you have one of the big bowls on the floor to feed your dog. How do you think she would feel? Now, it's only an illustration. We're talking about the temple of God. To her, it would say, you don't know how to value things. You have no character, no respect, no natural love. Taking something that's precious, valuable, and making it common. The priest had violated the law by ignoring and abusing it. They were responsible to teach the law to the people. The priest was to do everything according to the law. The priests were not to add, take away, or alter the law in any way. The priests had compromised and corrupted the law by ascribing their pagan worship to the worship of Yahweh's syncretism, as we've seen. There's a lot of people in the Christian church who are doing things and teaching things that they ascribe to the Bible and to Jesus Christ. They're not, they're, they're not even close to it. Syncretism. Bringing in new age philosophy and, and progressivism and everything else. The city and the people could have averted judgment in the past, but they rejected it. So now judgment was here. Some years ago, was placed upon the altar of the Washington Monument Chapel at Valley Forge, an exquisite illuminated copy of Washington's Prayer for the Nation. Let me quote it for you. Almighty God, we make our earnest prayer that thou will keep the United States in thy holy protection, that thou will incline the heads of the citizens to cultivate a spirit of subordination and obedience to government, and entertain a brother affection and love for one another and for their fellow citizens of the United States at large. And finally, that thou will most earnest, graciously be pleased to dispose us to do justice, to love mercy. Sounds like according to Micah. And to demean ourselves with that charity, humility, and pacific temper of mind, which were the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion and with a humble imitation of those examples. In these things, we can never hope to be a happy nation. He's talking about the Bible. He's talking about Christianity. Grant our supplication, we beseech you, through the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Not Allah, not Buddha, not Krishna, not diversity of multiculture. Jesus Christ, as our national leaders and politicians continue to disregard our laws and constitution, by which, by the way, was based on God, and the Christian Judeo Bible, understand that the only thing that can result is the destruction of our nation. The increase of crime, violence, theft, with the spirit of anarchy, is an epidemic. The moral breakdown of the home. Sexual promiscuity, abortion, living together, divorce, and serial marriages. 
will disintegrate a society. Not one civilization that has ever been studied ever survived the sexual destruction. It rots from within. The indoctrination of multicultural diversity for the efficiency of society is a lie and it's backfired. And it'll only get worse. The last eight years have brought forth the strongest attack against Christianity while giving the greatest protection to Islam. Listen to Proverbs 16.25. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. I love America, but I'm a Christian. I live in reality to warn the people. What God calls us to do, ladies and gentlemen, our courts are being filled with more liberal judges, and their judgments are horrific. Christians were forced and sued bankrupt because they wouldn't make a cake for a homosexual wedding. Ecclesiastes 8.11 says, Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. What should we say about the spiritual deception that is going on in the Church of America? We have pastors that teach only faith emphasizing your health, your wealth, dominion, and kingdom theology, as I said, that we're going to bring in the kingdom, things are going to get better. What Bible are they reading? We have pastors that teach the watered-down gospel to offend no one, yet they're famous. They're even called national pastors. You're not my pastor. We have the postmodern movement of the emergent church, that redefines the church, Christians, and Christianity. Pastors and elders who cuss like sailors in the pulpit, who have beer bashes, live just like the world. Paul the Apostle put it this way, Second Timothy 4, 3 through 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables, myths, opinions, speculation, subjectivism. Rejecting objective biblical truth. Judgment was coming because the city had leaders of corruption like the other nations. What a parallel to our nation. Breaks my heart. God, through the prophet Zephaniah, has declared these three reasons for the judgment of Judah by addressing the city of Jerusalem. He could have addressed this to Pasadena, to Los Angeles, to New York, to Russia, to England, to Paris, to Mexico City. The city had an evil reputation like the other nations. The city had a sinful inclination like the other nations. The city had leaders of corruption like the other nations. Judgment was coming. We need to pray for our nation. We need to be a light to those around you, your family members, your friends. And you continue to be a witness for Jesus Christ. He's coming. And we're to be praying and looking up. And pray that we are worthy to escape all these things that will come upon the world. 
and stand before the Son of Man. Pastor Xavier Reese on the clear choice between repentance and judgment. Important simple truths were confronted with by way of the minor prophet Zephaniah. Now you can request a copy of today's essential study, Judgment Could Have Been Averted, available on CD for just $4. And by the way, this CD will also contain everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. The title you'll be asking for once again is Judgment Could Have Been Averted. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you mention the call letters of this station when you contact us. And then join us for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese right here next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 